0: This is Frazzly with Frazzlecast. Do you want to talk about World of Warcraft every week with different people and a little bit of geeky stuff? Check out Frazzlecast.com and on all of your favorite
1: podcast players. And remember, keep it geek. That theme song means it is once again time to promo the Geek Wolf Pack podcast. I'm your Papa Wolf, Nick Kelly. And I'm your mama wolf, Stacia Kelly. And I'm Thermal Wolf, Brandon Kelly. Here on the podcast, we're just a couple of generations geeking out and sharing what we think we think. We'll share the latest nerd news and sci fi happenings. Looking for life hacks? I'll tell you if there's an app for that. And I'll give you the latest from a gamer's point of view. Plus, every episode includes some of what we like to call ADHD D&D. I'm a healer, and I killed a dragon. So join us here at the Geek Wolf Pack podcast. Join us on iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, or wherever you find your podcasts, or simply at geekwolfpackpodcast.com. And as always, geek out. Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Gray's in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 125 of Geekitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I am once again joined by my wonderful co-host, Ray Vargas. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing good, Joe. Let's get this show on the road. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. You've had a busy week.
0: Yeah, it feels a little weird to be sitting in a house (laughs) 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 on a couch with all the creature comforts of life i've been camping for a week out in the wilderness um which is a trip we take every year and it's awesome and it was awesome again this year uh but it's funny how quickly you get or at least i get used to just not having really internet you know what i mean or Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or you know a bathroom always, (laughs) you know what I mean? Um, It just, like, the rhythm of your day just completely changes. Like, as soon as it gets dark, we're talking about, you know, how soon we're going to go to bed. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, but it's super restful for that reason, probably. I I get tons of rest on these trips, and I get to catch up on reading. So, like, I actually was able to finally finish that Thor uh, trade that I had been talking about you know, for a while by uh, written by Jason Aaron and it was awesome. So that's going to count as my week geeky thing I did this week.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I see it. Like, I think camping is, is a geeky thing. Like, like it takes, <laughs> it takes some, um, it takes some major investment and enjoyment in a thing to be able to just go out and unplug. And I yeah. do think that it is a, a hallmark of us as that, you know, cause we, we were, you know, the transition kids, that didn't necessarily um, uh, we weren't we didn't have technology all we remember phones plugged into the wall <laughs> for sure yes <laughs> and <that> so <laughs> in fact I was talking to somebody about zennials and and like the Wikipedia description that they quote is something like the people who when they started dating would call their the person that they wanted to date and pray that their parents didn't pick up. that's like a defining (laughs) feature of Xennials. So I think, I think there's something in, in, in our, our little micro generation that makes camping an okay thing to do and still be geeky.
0: Yeah. Okay. I like that because I do geek out about most things, including camping. Like, you know, I, I, for this, I mean, this trip in particular, I planned three years ago. And I've, I've taken this trip every year since. Um, it's not your typical camping trip where most people think of camping, especially in my family, of like driving somewhere out into the wilderness, picking a spot, kind of like setting up camp, and then you're just there for a week, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is different. I We actually visit, we camp somewhere different almost every night. Because we're visiting different natural swimming pools up in the mountains in the Sierra and Yosemite and Sequoia National Forests. So every day, you know, we, we hike to these hidden swimming pools, natural pools, and then we swim. And then we drive to a campsite. We set up camp. We have dinner. We sleep. And then the next morning we get up, we break down camp, load up the car, and drive to the next spot. That's so cool. So it's different, yeah. It's it's it. You know, it it feels like we cover a lot of ground in one week. (laughs) Um, But at the same time, there's loads of downtime. Mm -hmm. And I did think a lot this week about what you and I talk about, about just like unplugging and you know when that's necessary and how hard it is to do. Also, like when you're just living your day-to-day like you're you almost have no choice at this point you're plugged in you got to be plugged in yeah and so yeah uh, the last camping site that we visit is more of a they actually refer to themselves as a glamping site because Mm -hmm. it's very you know it's much more glamorous experience they do they have running water they have showers they have wi-fi and all that so it's, it's a different kind of thing but usually by the end of the week we're, we're fine with that <laughs> right we're like yeah this is good you know like running water is a good thing by the end of the week <laughs> uh and so i was able to like update my social media and stuff and kind of check in and see what was going on i didn't realize there was such a crazy heat wave going on in la while, while we I'm were gone yeah
1: yeah so well, and people know. still think it's a i don't know they're they're being people who think setting fires is a good thing right now
0: like yeah you know, Yeah, that was, well, that was another thing too. I mean, the the fires up in Yosemite did affect our trip. Um, And I wasn't even aware that they were going on until a friend of mine, a coworker, Jason uh, hit me up and was like, Hey, are the fires in Yosemite going to affect your trip? And I'm like, Oh, what? And I researched it and I'm like, no, okay. Where we're staying is right outside. We're not actually going into Yosemite, so it should be fine. Um, And it was like, we we were able to access our, our destination but we stopped at a fire station, um, on the way out there and just, just to ask some questions, you know, just, I just want to be informed and, and so had no, no, what we're driving into, right. um, because it got very, very smoky, like, ve- ve- like you could smell, it started to affect our, our throats a little bit, you know? Uh-huh. And so talking to, uh, the helpful guy at the fire station, he was like, yeah, you're going to be able to get to where you're trying to get to. I don't know. If you're going to feel like hiking, <laughs> once, you, once you get there and swimming, because if you think it's bad now, like where you're driving is just closer. Right. And so we were like, okay, let's just, you know, this is one stop of like six this week. So let's just skip this one.
1: Yeah.
0: So we did. And, and so, yeah, I mean, and then just hearing about all the fires going on back home, like, man, that's just, it's hard to fathom, you know, that much, that much ground being, you know, burned all at the same time. Nuts. Yeah. Tonight, but but yeah, man, uh, you know, got to do a lot of swimming, got to read, finally finished reading Thor. Man, I'm so bummed that I don't squeeze in more reading time because just the joy of comics. Like, I swear, Mm -hmm. we talk about this every time that I, you know, I kind of manage to crack open a book, but just laying in a tent with my Thor trade open graphic novel open and like a flashlight and just like laying there just reading under flashlight it just reminds me of like with the covers over me like you know what i mean at home like growing up like reading man i'm i'm out there camping in the middle of nowhere but i'm also like reading this epic galactic story that takes place over thousands and thousands of years and has all these like crazy huge ideas, like jam packed into every page. It was so awesome. <laughs> it was just so It was so much fun. It was like the best way to read that story, like being in that environment. So I can't wait to pick up the next book. I know these books are a few years old. You know, we talked before about how I like to wait until, um, all the stories come out and get collected into a, a, you know, a book and then I can kind of binge that way. Um, so, so I'm sure, you know, to some people listening to this that are, that are have read these stories years ago as they as they were coming out, this is kind of old news, but I'm just like, I love it. I, I can't wait to get my hands on the next book.
1: That's awesome. That's- yeah.
0: Yeah. And then last night I, uh, I went out with some family and, uh, got into a really interesting discussion about the last Jedi
1: with, uh, <laughs> which
0: we're going to continue here <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly so it was very timely actually because i didn't bring it up at all this was kind of just th- a question thrown at me but we're gonna we're, i'm gonna get into that when we get into the main things i want to hear about your weekly geekery first
1: I, I definitely but i do have to comment you have officially become I'm, I'm sure this is not a new thing but it is it is certainly official you have become the person in your family that people were like okay this geek thing that i need to talk about <laughs> <laughs> so true oh I, my god yes so true.
0: <laughs> is that you and your family?
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. Like my brother will, especially um, cause I mean, I don't think the, the extended family is very uh, geeky and I don't have a lot of, you know, my, my, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time with my extended family, but, uh, but my brother, Mike will definitely go. So this thing, and he's got his <laughs> own cred, you know, but yeah. he'll, he'll like, I go to him for video games. He comes to me for a lot of other stuff, but cool. then, um, you know, I think I got a couple of questions from uh, Matt's nephew when he was out here the last five weeks. That every once in a while he'd be like, "So, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen in Avengers 4? And I'm like, "Okay, well let's <laughs> let's settle in here because it's gonna be a while."
0: <laughs> yes, I've been waiting years for you to ask me that question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah. So, I mean, like the most recent thing I did is uh, Katie from Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea came out and hung out with my husband and I yesterday and we went swimming and just talked oh, about awesome. stuff. And, and so that was great. Uh, I went back to school last week. I did teacher stuff. The the kids are coming on Monday. <laughs> and, um, and so that took a lot of my week uh, as far as commuting and just getting stuff done. But any spare moment I have had... I have been playing Warcraft because the new expansion launches launches on Tuesday and Ray, I have, I don't think I have ever been so invested in a video game story like I am right now. That's saying something like,
0: <laughs> and I, this is the building we, you talked. I remember a few, several weeks ago. Uh Oh, sorry about that. Uh, I remember several weeks ago, you saying that you were starting to get into wow again, right? And it's been building and then, oh, I'm starting to, you know, I'm going through the motions, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And then the last time we talked, you're like, okay, I'm excited about, you know, the new thing coming out. And so what, like, wow, you sound really, really uh geeked out about this it
1: it, it, like it's gone so far as to as i'm driving home like how do i how do i condense 13 years of story into five (laughs) minutes for ray so that i can like communicate to him the emotional impact this is having Um, what do you mean by 13 years of story okay well because the world of warcraft has been around for over 13 years at this point
0: Okay, but is it one arc, or
1: no, well, are they, like, stories that begin and end? It, it's it's basically, think of, like, a comic book universe. It just keeps going. Okay. And so every time there's a new um, expansion, it's just the next chapter in that story.
0: Got it. And these characters have, like, a rich history by this point.
1: Oh, God, yes. Oh, God, right. yes. And so, like, the big thing right now is it's the, the expansion coming out on Tuesday is Battle for Azeroth, and it, it's always been you know two factions alliance and horde and i think in the because warcraft originally was a strategy game where you just kind of played on your own or you could play against other people but it wasn't like you know it was a set like you play through the campaign and it tells the story through the campaign and that's it okay. when when they launched it as a um rpg Yeah, as well as an MMO, um, Mm -hmm. where everybody's going to be playing, they they kind of made wanted to make sure that there weren't bad guys and good guys, like the Alliance are the humans and the elves and the dwarves and the ones that look like they would be the good guys, because they are what we typically see in fantasy as the good guys, right? And then the horde is the orcs and the trolls and the goblins. And they are, you know, typically the bad guys, but they're like, it's, it's one note. If it's just, they are bad and these guys are good. And a lot of people, I mean, yes, you want to play the Darth Vader character, but it's, it, it makes it hard to sustain that. And so you've got both very rich storytelling now because people on the Alliance side are not always good. And people on the on the horde side are not always bad. Mm. And the central story that they're kind of exploring now is that, you know, what, what tends to be the trend is the two sides fight each other, a bigger bad comes into the picture. They have to join voice forces to attack that bigger bad and save the world. And then they go back to fighting each other. Okay. And they are kind of setting this up to be the we don't want to do that anymore. So this is going to be the final war to end all wars between the alliance oh and the. God. And
0: so in thirteen years they haven't had this idea. They haven't had the final war to end all wars.
1: No, because it's always like you know here is a bigger threat that we're you know they don't want to get rid of that tension between the two factions, but they don't want to dwell on it because. You know, kind of like if if we dwell on it, somebody's gonna have to win, or somebody's gonna have to lose, right.
0: or has there been like truces, and then like something happens to break a truce, and then it's like on again.
1: And that's exactly and that's exactly what's happening. Like oh. at, at the be- and they've been setting it up for so many expansions now because the last expansion, um, the, the the Burning Legion is this you know army of demons that are just attacking Azeroth, which is the major planet that this all takes place on. And so they decide to take the fight to the Legion and kind of really just, you know, be um, um, the, the offensive forces as opposed to just wait, just not being reactionary. Mm. And so you have through um you have a, a, a troll character named Vol'jin, who's the head of the horde. And you have a human guy named uh, Varian who is, um, who is the leader of the alliance? And they're doing a double assault. And because Vol'jin falls in um, battle and says to one of the other um, generals in his army, uh, this undead uh, elf named uh, Sylvanus, don't let the horde die today. And so she pulls the army into retreat when they played the like videos in the game and your horde side, which is the side I play, you see Varian kind of look at her and say, don't let us die. You've got like, we're going to lose. You're going to lose the horde. If you don't retreat,
0: Hmm.
1: when they show Alliance, their side of the story, all they do is see Sylvanas call the retreat. And so it looks from the Alliance side that Sylvanas abandoned them and let them die. And in the process, the King of the Alliance dies. And so oh. they've been building this tension. Yeah. Like, and so you can see both sides, but the, the, the Alliance players, like if you were just Alliance and you don't go on the internet to look at all this stuff, you just assume that Alliance betrays or that Sylvanas betrays the Alliance. Right. Right. So without That's- going into all these character stories and everything else there, there is a novel that they release before every oh my god yes <laughs> a novel that they released before cuz they've got comics they've got they've this got sounds so epic right.
0: this is this yeah this is like another world that you could just lose yourself in another universe you could just die in it dive absolutely into.
1: is and so oh. in in the novel that connects this past expansion to the one that's coming out um the whole story with sylvanas is that she was she was kind of she was killed by this this guy called the Lich King, who had betrayed his entire people, and basically turns his entire people and and anybody who who um, opposed him into zombies, basically. And somehow Sylvanas breaks free of his control, regains her free will, that's and why she's
0: undead. Though that's right? why
1: she's undead. She regains right. her free will. Helps. A whole section of this undead army regain their free will. Nice. And they and they oppose Arthas. And so when when um, that war is over, there's no place for her to go. And the horde says, "Well, we'll take you in because we're kind of the misfits. We're kind of the people who don't get along with everybody else. So we we're the ones without the home. We're the ones without the place." And so um, this novel is basically a big story arc in this novel is how the undead assume that the humans don't want anything to do with them anymore. And right. the humans assume that the forsaken are mindless monsters, but they aren't They're I mean, some of them, you know, because either their, their brains have decayed too much or, you know, being dead was so traumatic that it had a, an effect on them. There are definitely evil forsaken, you know, though that's what they it call the it. Like there's like allegory,
0: like just dripping uh, like over the edges. Of, oh
1: God. Yeah. Like it's things. such a complex, so such. A, and so one of the big plot points in this novel is um, the Alliance, the new Alliance King, which is the son of the guy that everybody thinks was betrayed by Sylvanas sets up a truth with Sylvanas and says, let's, let's let my people, Meet their loved ones that are your people so that oh. they can have some closure, so that they can see that, you know, the humans don't just blindly hate Forsaken and the Forsaken don't right. just. And like, right. I, the connection. I am weeping during some of these scenes, <laughs> like, because I'm listening <laughs> to the audiobook and honestly, Ray, just like tears, just because it's so powerful. And and I won't go, again, I won't go into the details, but something tragic happens And Sylvanas does something so totally evil and horrible that, you know, she's this character that people have loved for over 13 years and people are like, what are you doing with this character? Like we know yeah. she's always kind of been evil, but she's been evil with motivation. She's been like evil yeah. because of her circumstances. And now you're just kind of taking it too far. Then the pre Patch event launches where um, three weeks ago for every, every Tuesday they were, rela- they launch more information about, you know, more stuff you can play on in the game leading up to the, the final uh, launch of the the next expansion. And it's, she's declared war. Uh, she's decided that the, the night elves post where, where if you decide you're going to be a night elf character in the Alliance, this is where your character has started. It has been there since the beginning of launch day. And we're going to go, Sylvanas is going to take the army and go capture that place. And in the process of it, she burns, they they live in this giant tree. She burns this giant world tree to the ground. And you as an Alliance player, because I played it on both, I played both sides to see all the content. um, You have (laughs) to go through and rescue these characters that you've been interacting with since you were a level one player. Thirteen years ago, oh and, wow, and escape them from the this home that they've they've always known and like like it's just a very powerful thing. But I was never alliance, so it doesn't hold that much meaning.
0: But the people do. But the characters do.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so so then the next week, the alliance it retaliates and they attack Sylvanas's city, and so now it affects me because now I'm running through evacuating all the all these undead characters that my characters have interacted with over the years. And (laughs) like, and, and it's hard to do because you see all the stuff that this character is doing that Sylvanas is doing. And, and you're like, this is evil stuff. This is stuff that my character, my, my image of what my character is wouldn't do like They wouldn't go and randomly burn down a world tree. They wouldn't go, and a lot of players are having major issues with this fact that we're on this side that that is doing these horrible things and our characters are being asked to unquestionably do these horrible things. Sylvanas uses something called the plague to raise more zombies. And so when they're assaulting her city, she goes, get out there and use the plague. And you have a choice as a player that you can grab like basically a hose and, <laughs> and tanks that you strap on your back and hose down the Alliance with, um, plague and raise them as zombies, or you can just get a gas mask. I'm not going to go out there and raise more dead for her. I'm going to go out there and defend the city with these people that I know. Yeah. And they give you that choice. So then, I mean, this is, honestly, Ray, this is why it's just, like, it's just layer upon layer upon layer. (laughs) Like, last week, the game hit 5,000 days that World of Warcraft has been running. Wow. And so, to mark that anniversary, they, they throw out a cinematic where there is a... Big orc who is like the head of the orcs now, and and he he feels like there is no honor in what they're doing. He feels there orcs in this are very much like Klingons in Star Trek, like they're warriors, but it's very much about honor. And so he like takes off his shoulder armor and he's, he's, he's going to just abandon the Horde. Like he can't do this anymore. And this troll comes up to him and starts talking to him about him and, Hey, you're Seraphang. You're this great hero. I've heard so much about you. My father really believed in you. And, um, and Seraphang's like, there's no honor in this. The Horde is done. Like, forget this. Just go back to your father. And he's like, I can't, my father's dead. And the horde is the only place I have. So now wow. they've put into it. This is the horde that we want to be. This is the horde that a lot of right. the players are like, these are the people we want. So now people in in game are taking off their shoulder armor to show, uh, cause you can hide it. You can make it invisible. Um, they're taking off their shoulder armor to show that we don't believe in what's going on with Sylvanas. We want to go back to the, and. They're allowing these kind of things to happen and interact. So we're going to go into this new expansion with players because there's players who are like, yes, Sylvanas is doing it. It's awesome. Screw the Alliance. We don't care about any of them. And there are people who are (laughs) like, no, that's not how these characters would, you know, we don't like that. And then the Alliance are sitting there going, what are you doing to our world tree? What like Sylvanas is evil and all Horde is evil. And so they're creating all of this tension and the, God, it sounds so complex. And the expansion hasn't even launched yet. What is the expansion? The expansion is Battle for Azeroth. It's all about basically the Alliance and the Horde fighting each other. So we'll get a whole mess of new content on Tuesday that will oh lead us through. God. That will lead us through the rest of this story arc.
0: Wow. And so, when you get new content like this, how much? Um, like time wise, like how, how much do you get out of
1: it? Like how much, uh, can you play for how long hours, you know what I mean? H- hours and hours and days and weeks and like, because, because they will, they will, if they, if they follow their patch cycle, like they did with the last expansion about every four to six months, they will release new content. They oh, will, wow. they will release the next part of the story. So you have about four to six months to get. And it can be it can be less than that, it can be more than that. It depends on just when they they kind of balance when they think it's ready to go, and when they think um, it's, uh, w- and, and when they think that they, they're it's ready, the the players are ready for it to go. So everybody will get to max level, and now they can just throw more stuff at you because they know everybody's about at the same space. And so yeah. okay, here's the next set of the story and you, and spoil like the internet is full of spoilers, but they, <laughs> they announced that they were going to burn down the world tree and that they were going to, um, assault Undercity back in November. And so, you know, geeks, I mean, we're going to be talking about this later on. Everybody automatically goes, yeah. well, if the hoarder are burning down the world tree, there has to be some reason like either you know, it's becoming evil or corrupted or like, there's a reason. Nope. She does it just out of spite. Oh, and, and people crushed because for a year people have been like, well, there's gotta be a reason. There's gotta be, a reason. she couldn't be just that. Evil. Right. And, um, and so it's just like, I, I literally changed my, my character. Like I decided I re-rolled a new character after reading the novel. Yeah. Cause I was like, I have to be forsaken. I have to be one of these undead characters because they are so much more complex than we've ever been led to believe. Yeah. And it it is like, honestly, I have never geeked out so hard about something (laughs) before. I mean, like this is, this is getting to the point where I don't, I think I could geek out harder about Warcraft than X-Men. Right. Wow. And for me, that's big because they've always kind of been the ones that kind of, rally for that first place. Yeah. (laughs) I love geek shit.
0: Yeah. And I love that this exists, (laughs) you know, like this sounds amazing. I almost want to say it'd make a good movie, but I kind of don't want to go there.
1: (laughs) They made made a movie and unfortunately they went right too far back. And they, they picked uh they picked a time in the lore where it's, It's not this rich, rich, it's not this complex. And I think if they had started a little later and left some space open for prequels, they could have still called that story, but because it wasn't as engaging of an, I mean, it was an engaging story, but it wasn't as engaging. It's engaging as it could have been. Um, It's not what modern players want to see. They want to see these characters that they've been with for 13 years
0: it so kind of sounds like a catch twenty two for the filmmakers though, because it's like, how do you, you know, how do you make it meaningful without that backstory, without all that time?
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, you figure so, if, if you started kind of at Warcraft three, which is the the last strategy game, that's where most of these characters that we deal with in World of Warcraft came from. Okay. Um, when when WoW launched, they the the head of the um the orcs was thrall and in the movies thralls a baby. So they went real early. Okay.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This man, I'm, this is almost for me, like scary, tempting because it's the same thing. I, it's why I don't play video games, man. Cause it's just like, I can't afford to lose myself. It's like another thing. You know what I mean? I,
1: I feel like with I want to, I want to look for like summaries or story, whatever's that I can like throw at you and, because I was, well, yeah. I I've struggled with this. Cause I'm, I'm like, okay, I actually did that in, 15 minutes. That's not too bad. (laughs) Like, I'm like, I could, I I tried to like pull out all the detail and just stick with like your talking points, but it's so complex. And it's so like, we talk about these characters that we've had for generations. That's what we're going to be have talking about for our main, our main discussion today. But these characters in, in Warcraft, like people, people get angry when you do things with them because you spend so much time with them. You go and get quests from them. You interact with them in the game. And then you see these cinematics where they do something and it's, you can't just say, well, of course that character's the bad character. Of course they do that. It's like, no, they've got background. They've got backstory.
0: Yeah. 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 It sounds sprawling. Like, um, like, well, like the star Wars universe or like, you know, like X-Men, um, I just, last week, read this timeline, the Star Wars timeline uh, between um, between chapter six or episode six mm-hmm. to The Force Awakens, because, you know, a bunch of time, I think it's like 30 years or something, passes in between those mm-hmm. two. And, uh, you know, just wanting to find out, like, well, how did we get from where we left off, you know, uh, episode six, The Return of the Jedi, to The Force Awakens, and oh my God, it was way more reading than I, had, than I was reading. It was so much more. It was so much that had gone on. There was so much story there, and different, you know, whether it, and and what I read kind of covered everything. The animated, you know, series, the multiple series that like I have a huge following, um, the 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 books, comic books, and books that are that are like officially, you know, in continuity and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and this sounds like that. This sounds like it's just so epic and strong that you could just read about it forever just to
1: catch up. They have – they've been releasing um, basically compendiums of like – like if you were to go into a, a, a mage's tower and pull out the tome that is the history of Azeroth and, and it – they're these big epic compendiums of just the, the lore. Like just – this is the story of Warcraft from before the games. Like, you know, in the beginning there was, and and they're on, I love that. shit. Yeah. And they're on book three and they're like just these huge tomes and people are thinking there could be as many as two more because they've just started to get into stuff that the game has covered. Wow.
0: That's so, so when you're doing, I mean, I imagine you spend, you've been spending a lot of time, playing mm-hmm. lately yeah. right w- when you're not doing that are you just thinking warcraft oh like-
1: every every um podcast i think i consumed this week was warcraft um i was so excited <laughs> to get the the audiobook because i listened to that all summer um and little fits and starts because you know i don't usually listen to podcasts or audiobooks unless i'm commuting and so all over summer i wasn't i wasn't commuting at all but um but yeah, it really has just come down to like. Let me just load up as many lore podcasts as I can. There's a great, um, yeah. there's a great place out there called Blizzard Watch, that covers all the Blizzard games, and so it, it spends a lot of time on Warcraft. And they have a podcast dedicated to just. The lore, And you can send in questions and say, how did this happen? I don't understand. These people have like, this is what they do. They, they sit in chat rooms while they're working for this company and they just come up with like theories on how the story is going to move forward. And you'll listen to them when they're talking to one another and then somebody will gasp and the other two will stop and they'll like say, <laughs> you just had an idea. What is it? What is it? Like it is, it is comic book store geeking out at its just base level.
0: <laughs> that's great. I love that. That's great. Now, how are you going to concentrate this week?
1: Oh, well, that's <laughs> yeah, that's well. like I've been complaining on online um, because uh, I'm I've I've joined a guild. I've rejo- I have not been in a guild since before I was married. Um, and we're we're on on year seven right now. But uh, but I, I'm in a guild and we're talking about it in in game and then a lot of my a lot of the network people play so I know Bij and I have been talking a lot about it and um, and I'm like of course of course the week they launches the first week of school of of, of course, course. Yeah. and so and it, it was funny because we had planned on going on a trip next weekend and I was like I just I, I, I know this is a, a trip that Matt is looking forward to and I, and so it's fine, but I've got to figure out when I'm going to be able to get into game and figure out what's going on. And then last right. weekend, he's like, we have been so busy. I am canceling our trip because I just don't want like it was, it was that balance of not looking too excited <laughs> <laughs> and being like I understand and I appreciate that because I know a big portion of this is because you're doing it for me and you know how stressed out I've been this last couple weeks. And uh, But I'm like I just I, – I hope that I can balance <laughs> being in the game <laughs> and paying attention yeah. to my husband. Um, there was a, a, a funny meme that came through our, our, um, our guild chat That was like a letter to the spouse that you can print out and explains where you are and what you will be doing for the next week and a half because, (laughs) because you don't understand how important it is. They just burned down our world tree and we need to do something about it. (laughs) Man, that's, Oh, I'm, I'm
0: going to, want to check in with you on this a week from now after the expansion has come out just to see where you are.
1: Yeah, no. And I, like I said, I will try and throw together or find some, um, some good resources for people who are like, there is no way you're going to get me into the game, but that story kind of seems epic. And, uh, and I'll start sending them out towards people. Cause I, 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 I like, <laughs> we all like to share this stuff we geek out about, but I also don't expect people to pay, you know, $15 a month to go, Root around an A 13 year old video game. So (laughs) I'm
0: excited to get into our main topic for today because it'd be really interesting to contrast these two fandoms. Um, It sounds like Warcraft is getting ready to, like you've been explaining, you know, they've been shaking things up and throwing a lot of change at their fans. Mm -hmm. And people, like you said, are reacting in different ways. Some people are all for it. Some people are not showing their disapproval. But, you know, how does that contrast with how Star Wars fans handle change? Yeah. You know, and why that might be. So that sounds like something I want to I want to explore.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be a good a good counterpoint to what's going on, because I think both companies are coming at it from very different directions. Interesting. Cool, man. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to dive right into our or other stuff. I'm Void. And I'm Beach, And together, we're the geek to geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate? Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. and download our podcast today. And we're back. And we are going to just do a quick plug for the network and the shows that are on the network. It's been a while since we've been able to talk about them. So we're going to tell you some of the episodes that, that have been out. Uh, the geek to geek cast has done episodes about uh, the Nintendo DS and 2DS and 3DS. And it was a really great episode. You should check it out. Uh, and then they just like, as of, uh, a few minutes of us recording, this released a new episode called re experiencing media. So when you've got like, what makes you want to go back and replay a video game or watch a movie or watch TV series. So that's what they've got on, uh, their feed right now, uh, Katie and Chelsea on tea time have an episode out about crazy rich Asians. Uh, they read the book before the movie comes out this coming weekend, which I'm very excited about seeing. I don't know if you've heard anything about that, Ray, but no, I haven't. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, they also are doing an episode about TV shows that they just won't watch that people keep telling <laughs> them that they should watch, but they just, they know they're not going to. So that's gonna That's, that's a fun episode. That's going to be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then, um, and then the and Bij is back with his Geek Fitness podcast. And uh, anytime you want some like inspiring words, just go and listen to Beach because he's awesome. <laughs> and uh, the latest episode I think is on how to how to stay fit when um, when video game binging which is what all of us are doing that are playing wow. We're trying to get in as much wow as possible. So if you need, if you need to get up and stretch, that's the episode to, uh, to get you motivated to do so. Right. <laughs> all right. So this week we're doing something completely different than we usually do. Um, Ray, you found a, an essay.
0: Yeah, a long essay. It.
1: Yeah. A long essay, like a long essay that needed to be paid for.
0: Yes. Uh, writer, film writer, critic, uh, Drew McQueenie, who I'm a big fan of. Um, he wrote this really long form piece about his thoughts on The Last Jedi. And it, it's something that he does from time to time where he'll revisit. I mean, he obviously he'll write a review of a film when it comes out. But when there's mm-hmm. a ton of things to unpack or it's just a story that, you know, it, it, is deserving of like a second visit he'll often um or sometimes uh uh, wait a few months wait for everyone to kind of absorb the film and then he'll do like another you know kind of another piece on it um and obviously with the last jedi you know with all of the controversy that it kind of caused and kind of split fandom there was a lot to, to unpack and then just the story itself has a lot going on in it so um i was really glad to see that he was um you know, diving back in. And so he released this, um, this long form piece, uh, just, I would say in this past summer. Um, so you know what the film came out back in December. So Mm -hmm. I mean, waited six months to, you know, write this, this longer piece. And it was cool. I think what's cool about that is that it gave a chance for, for us to see what the conversations were going to be or tantrums, Mm -hmm. depending on how you look at it. But you know, like, what what are the things that people are hung up on what are the things that people are going to want to keep discussing about this film and so being that we had the chance to see that now you know to this point um i was really excited to read um his words on this his you know his his kind of deeper analysis and i thought it was so much fun i mean what was it joe like within a few pages i sent it to you and i was like you have to read this (laughs) yeah. <laughs> like, like this is, you know, this is so cool. Um, you, it's, it, I just felt like so much of what I had been thinking about it, you know, this film and my reaction to it was being echoed in his words. And then he just takes, he takes a, you know, takes it even deeper. Um, and just so you know, yeah, it is, you mentioned that it's, it's something you pay for. Um, Drew McQueenie, he runs a, a, a blog or a site called pulp, pulp and popcorn and uh, that's where he'll every now and then he'll offer like some pieces, you know, that you that are behind a paywall and it's, it's small, it's like six bucks, like five bucks. Yeah, not. six bucks. Yeah, it's super affordable um, and you pay it and it's very straightforward and you get a digital download and then you can read it on whatever, you know, device you feel most comfortable reading it on um so yeah that it's if you're interested i definitely recommend reading it especially well you know if you're a star wars fan just in general you should check out this this piece and then he's got a bunch of other cool stuff to to read there as well uh so yeah i'm, I'm glad to hear that you you know reacted strongly enough to it that you wanted to talk about it on the podcast
1: yeah because i mean i think i think one of my biggest problems with the movie <laughs> it is not the movie it's i mean i've said it on on podcasts before i've said it to you in person it's like it it, it is just a movie right <laughs> like it's not, right like it hasn't it hasn't commi- committed genocide it has like it's just a movie <laughs> and people have such a huge strong crazy reaction to it that i like how he kind of broke it down and, and this is why this character is important. This is why this character works. This is why this is something that's needed. And this is why people are not reacting positively to it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like that approach as well. Um, and it's funny because there were things in, in the movie that I didn't have a problem with that I was kind of surprised that people had problems with. Like for instance, um, the, uh, the whole casino portion of the film um, mm-hmm. I was, I just, yeah. Okay. This is this plot thread, you know, this is this subplot or whatever. And it obviously connects to the main story. And yeah, I've, I've been kind of surprised to see people say, you know, that was a waste of time or that was, you know, that was a dumb plot line or whatever. And so for him, for, for Drew to kind of approach each plot thread and say, this is why thematically it makes sense with the rest of the story or whatnot. Uh, I really enjoyed reading about it.
1: Yeah. It, it, his, his point is that it's showing a it, it's showing the world that they exist in and that it isn't like all we ever see is the the rebels and the the empire or what are they in this? The the first order and the Republic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we don't see like the day to day people that how this does or does not affect their lives
0: right right um and so this oh I gotta I gotta tell you this so so uh, we're gonna be talking about this but I have to Joe this uh, a conversation that I had with someone that I haven't even told you about that is definitely gonna be influencing <laughs> what I what, oh, 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 what I talk about with you today um so um, just to kind of you know set the, set the, the scene um I, nowadays, I don't get a lot of chance to spend uh, with my family, you know, visiting my, my cousins and my sister and my aunts and uncles and my parents just because I live further away from them now and I'm, I'm busy with work and I'm in a grad program. Um, but every now and then, you know, I'll get a chance to kind of hang out and catch up with everyone. And so this past weekend, uh, I was invited to uh, sort of a little small birthday dinner that my cousin was having in celebration of his birthday. And so uh, we drove out. And got to see him and got to see, you know, a, a little bit of, of extended family. I haven't seen in a while. Um, but with this particular cousin of mine, his name's George. We call him Weddle. But anyway, um, he, his wife has a brother-in-law. Okay. So if you can follow that, cause I am Mex- I'm Mexican, you know, Mexican families are sprawling. Um, mm-hmm. so, so my cousin's wife has a brother-in-law who, uh, I've known for years who went to film school. And me and this guy, you know, we're not directly related. We, we, I've known him for years, and I, you know, usually get to see him at an event maybe once a year, maybe twice a year. But when we see each other, Joe, we geek the fuck out. (laughs) 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 We, we just, we can't help ourselves, man. You know, like it's like, it's like with me and you, uh, when I would see you at iPoly, and sometimes, you know, yes, sometimes I would head to your classroom and, you know, sit and we like get a chance to kind of geek out on whatever we're reading or whatever we're we're, thinking, we're into at the time. Uh, but sometimes we'd be around a larger group of teachers, and you know, we just couldn't help ourselves. Even though we're supposed to try to be inclusive with the whole group, mm-hmm. if there was something on my mind geeky, I just had to talk to you about. Then there was nothing that was going to stop me from doing that. And so yeah. yeah it's like that with manuel that's his name his name's manuel reyes shout out uh, you'll get a better shout out at the end of the show but um, uh, so when i see uh manuel i just can't help myself and i think he's kind of the same way in that we just have he starts to pick my brain oh. and you know how you know how dangerous that can be sometimes
1: oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> but but so much fun <laughs> <laughs> because i got i
0: got opinions you know i got thoughts and so he just started just peppering me with questions based on one answer. He'd go, wait, so how do you feel about this? What? So then how do you feel about this? And we just, you know, eventually everyone at the dinner tables kind of rolling their eyes and ignoring us as we're <laughs> geeking out about movies and about geek properties. And so we actually had this great conversation about The Last Jedi. And this was after you had told me, hey, why don't we you know, talk about that article, you know, when, next time we record. Um, So it just kind of happened by accident, Uh, but it was really cool because I think Manuel is, he's, at least from, from my interactions with him and especially this conversation, I feel like he is someone who is more, who, who wasn't happy with the last Jedi, but thankfully he's, he's, A little bit more even keeled than, you know, the people that are are attacking
1: people on Twitter. (laughs) He didn't scream to the interwebs and then charge. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, So it was really interesting because it was like just sitting down and having a conversation with somebody that does share that point of view and has those feelings of like they did not like, they did not care for this Star Wars film for very specific reasons that are, you know, the reasons that you and I have have, have been hearing for the last six months.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: So, so that's, you know, just, just to let you know that that's definitely, I'm going to be answering or talking about some things here that, you know, I'm going to make sure Manuel listens to this podcast so he can, (laughs) so he can benefit from kind of a continued conversation for what him and I were talking about this weekend.
1: Okay. So how do you want to dig in? I'm going to, I'm going to let you kind of steer the conversation. Oh man. Um,
0: I mean, I kind of do my approach, um, is, is I think very similar to, to, Drew's approach in his article in that he takes the big long view first. He's he, I literally his piece starts with why do we write stories? Why do we tell stories? You know, and I think that it's really easy to get lost in the minutia of, mm-hmm. of these geeky properties, you know, and really start to feel like connected almost in a desperate way to like the details of these worlds and we tend to lose sight sometimes of like the bigger the bigger picture and so um i feel like you have to think about what star wars is in in the long view and what it was meant to be when it was created by george lucas you know because there's no way when he was writing this that he could envision what it was going to come to mean to like generations of fans right Mm -hmm. And so I feel like people tend to get hung up on little things that they have have kind of puffed up to be really huge, meaningful things that are really not, and they weren't ever in the scope of the story when it was first conceived.
1: Does that make sense? I think so. Um, do you want to give some examples?
0: Yeah. Um, like I feel like there are little throwaway lines or or kind of asides. Um, you know, bits of dialogue, maybe it's a character in the background, um, you know, freaking Boba Fett is a great example, mm-hmm. you know, pe- people just thought he looked badass, but that character was never meant or intended to, you know, kind of take on a life that, it, that he has over the years. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, if you really think about it, Boba Fett kind of sucks in the, in the first trilogy, he doesn't really do his job very well no he gets, he <laughs> know? At all.
1: and then he just gets he gets just like dumped into the sarlacc and that's it
0: yeah yeah exactly but because of you know and i mean as an artist i could say you know it's kind of cool to think of because of this awesome yes. visual design of his character you know people wanted to know about this character and wanted to collect that that action figure and then and, and it was also i believe uh you know someone will correct me on slack from wrong, but I believe that was kind of like a special collector action figure as well. Like you couldn't just get, go out and buy Boba Fett. Like you had to send in something, you know, some, some, uh, a proof of purchase or something for Boba Fett. So I think that kind of added to the mystique as well of like people clamoring for this care for more info about this character. And then, you know, of course for better or worse, Joe, I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, but a lot of times these, whether it's a comic book company or a film studio or whatnot, will take note of fan interest in something. And then they'll kind of pay fan service to it by saying, Oh, you know, we're going to expand on this character. Not because it was in the cards from a story point of view, but because we know that that's a popular character. Right. How do you feel about that? When, when that sort of happens and fan interest kind of influences properties like that?
1: Well, that's how we get like a Wolverine in every property and 20 Batman comics and Spider-Man, like five different Spider-Man comics that come out every month. Like, So true. It leads to saturation that's just – it it burns the character out, and then the character becomes less cool because it's not – they're not – they're paying fan service. They're not telling cool stories.
0: Right, right. And it it waters down the character because, you know, instead of – Editing it down to like one or two outlets, and then you know you have all the most awesome stories happening there. You got to kind of spread that out over you know a number of different venues, and then it just kind of waters down overall the storytelling. Right. Um. Well, so if you think about you know this this approach that Drew takes, where he's talking about why we tell stories, he starts to talk about the time, uh, the era in which Star Wars was even created. And I think that's really important to keep in mind because Star Wars was written and made during the seventies and Hollywood was like a certain, there was a certain thing happening in Hollywood during that time. And if you look at greater, like, you know, American culture at that time, um, seventies were really dark, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what I mean? In, In a lot of ways. And I think that that influences the stories being told. And if one of the points that Drew makes that I really agree with is that if Star Wars is going to continue to be meaningful for generations to come, the way Disney hopes that they can make it, um, it has to reflect the times that it's made. Mm -hmm. Right. That's one of the
1: criticisms of the prequels is that they really weren't a reflection of the time they were made. I mean, they were technology wise, but they weren't thematically. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I thought I had never considered that before. I mean, there's a lot of reasons I don't like the prequels, but that, that actually I think was a really insightful point that I had never considered. Um, and so I don't know, man, you know, we talk about kind of the, the political upheaval that's happening now. And I really think it's personally, I mean, people are saying like, Oh, things are getting so bad. I think this is kind of the process of like, it's like, it's like, Lancing a boil or something, man. It's like, you got to, you know, like, yeah, it's yeah. going to get worse in order for it to get better. Yeah. And I think that, you know, all the stuff that we're talking about now, that's making people so uncomfortable. It's a necessary part of the process. And I think that the last Jedi is reflecting that. Um, Yeah. I think, I think it's fair. There's the, what are some of the, the signs that, or what are some of the, the plot points or story themes in last Jedi that you feel are kind of reflecting the political landscape that we're in now.
1: Well, I I it was not lost on me that the the first order is all a bunch of old white dudes. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. like that is that is not at all lost on me. And um and I do I tend to like to to, to go back to the whole Kylo Ren is the Star Wars fanboy. Like totally. he reflects that value system. And that reactionary, you know, idol, wor- idol worship, like, kind of just a, a big, hot mess. And if you think about it, he's the
0: ultimate uh, Darth Vader fanboy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he really is.
0: He's even cosplaying Darth Vader when we meet him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and this whole idea of like the empire being this horrible thing that we, that was you know, defeated back in the day. And yet you have this, like this whole group that wants power and looks up to the empire and wants to emulate that whole, not just, you know, the look, but even like just wants to, to, to fulfill, you know, the mission that the empire kind of, you know, left off with. Right. I mean, does that remind you of anything?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we just celebrated an anniversary a couple weeks ago, or last week. Uh, <laughs> right, right. So yeah,
0: <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, one of the things that Manuel brought up when we were talking this weekend, um, I, I hadn't, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not a, the the biggest uh, Kevin Smith fan. I find some of his things kind of enjoyable, but I'm not like a devotee of like the podcast and stuff. I don't know how right. you feel about Kevin Smith.
1: Um, I appreciate a lot of his stuff, but I don't... Yeah, I'm like you. I I, I don't consume him as, as vorace, uh, voraciously as some people do.
0: Right, right. He's got like a huge following, man. Um, but uh, Manuel brought up... He brought up Kevin Smith's review of The Last Jedi, and so I had to go and listen to it. So this week, I actually listened to most of his review, and I was expecting Kevin Smith to rail against this film, right? Like, mm-hmm. I was... for. I, I mean you know, forgive me for having just kept made that assumption, but I just thought, oh yeah, totally. Like Kevin Smith is the fanboy that is gonna totally hate on The Last Jedi for all the reasons that this, you know, this group of fandom is like hating on it. And I was shocked, shocked to read his, to to listen to his review. Um, He really loved this film. And he talked about like all the moments that brought him so much joy. And even when he had certain um, uh, criticisms, Mm-hmm. He he made it a point. He emphasized, look, I'm not saying that that the way I would have done it would have been better. I'm just saying this is what I thought, or this is what I expected, or this is what I would have done. But I'm not saying that that means that it would have been better. How the fuck do I know? You know what I mean? Right. And so I was like, oh wow, that's way to be gracious, Kevin Smith. Like that's awesome. Um, one of the things that he pointed out that I didn't even notice in the film was how kind this movie is to animals. Um, and he's like, this is kind of low key of a vegan movie. <laughs> like there's that whole scene where like, where, where, uh, Chewbacca can't even eat like his dinner because he feels guilty because the, the poogs or pogs or whatever they are looking at him. Uh-huh. Porgs. Thank you. Sorry. You know, are looking at him, making him feel guilty. And then there's that whole like aside where they um, Rose and uh, and Finn release those those animals that you know are being raised, uh-huh. um, and I was like, oh my god, dude, that's another wrinkle that I do feel is kind of reflecting like the current political climate, but it's like really subtle, right? You know what right, I mean? right? Yeah, yeah. It was something that I just hadn't thought of, um, and I don't know. I think if you have, could be wrong here. <laughs> Don't let me know on Slack if you disagree. But I, I I feel like maybe depending on how uncomfortable you are with the current political climate of like social justice awareness might might correlate to how much you did not like
1: this movie. I, I think that's probably my way off No, I, I think I think there are there are two groups. There are people who don't like it for reasons. And then there are the people who, this is just another example of what's going on wrong with society right now. And, um, and that, that those are the vocal ones that are upset at how dare you change, you know, our stuff and that, that losing of agency that, that is causing them to just be horrible human beings. And, And so I think, I do think that there is a lot of crossover.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's, I, yeah, that's, that's an interesting thesis that I'd like to see, you know, maybe some more discussion. Um, (laughs) but again, just keeping in mind, you know, when Star Wars was made first made, and then when these films are being made now and how they, they have to reflect what's going on. They have to reflect these conversations. Um, and I, you know, I went from being someone who like didn't really care to, for my films to be concerned with like, you know, maybe contemporary issues, almost to the point where I would kind of avoid it because it's like, I oh, want to escape. It's, right, right, right. You right. know. Um, now it's like you get bonus points for me, like if you're willing to engage in in a conversation, an important conversation that's happening now. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, if you had told younger me that that was the case, I would have never believed you. Um, and so you have to keep in mind that you know Ryan Johnson in making the last Jedi he had a totally different job than what JJ Abrams was hired to do with the Force Awakens. Yeah,
1: and I don't think people give it enough credit for to to the powers that be that said, "All right, this is what we want from, you know, episode 7 and then this is what we want from episode 8." We want, you know, they they had different very specific different roles. One was bring to bring people back to the franchise. And then one was to take the franchise and ensure its longevity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I do think it probably suffers from, you know, expectations, like all of these properties that we're kind of reviving do, you know, because force awakens obviously had a ton of pressure on it because, you know, it, it basically you're restarting the star Wars universe and picking up these threads from so long ago. Um, so that was a ton of expectation there, but then, for Last Jedi, how much do you think the Empire Strikes Back being, you know, the celebrated second installment of that trilogy? Do you think that had any, like, kind of impact on, on expectations for The Last Jedi? Um, I don't, I don't... Because I don't remember Attack of the Clones. Suffered.
1: No, I, and I don't think this one did either. Because I think, because The, the, um, the Force Awakens was so kind of tonally correct that I think people just expected. I don't, I don't think they expected another empire strikes back. I think they expected another, the force awakens. Like I, I think the people who rail the most against the last Jedi are because it's moving forward and they don't want things to move forward. And the, um, The the Force Awakens is very much a good way of doing exactly what people who are upset about Ghostbusters and people who are upset about, you know, this movie or that movie that's like moving the story forward. It really did. It kind of it did a very good job of of kind of Xeroxing a lot of the notes and a lot of the tone and a lot of the feel.
0: Yeah. And, you know, depending on what you want to get out of your geek experience, you know, um, that can be a good or a bad thing for me, creatively, just on a creative level, the death knell Mm -hmm. (laughs) for my interest in any property that I'm engaging with is if it feels too familiar or if it feels like, um, guess what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like I already know yeah, what
1: I'm going to get stagnant. Like you know what I mean? Is not, is not a positive thing. Yes. And I
0: think for a lot of people, they just want to just dip themselves back into that lukewarm, familiar star Wars bathwater. Right, right, you know exactly. what I mean? Like they just like, <laughs> they just want to go right back into that, like safe space of that, you know, kind of childhood feeling of star Wars. Um, but i don't know i think for fans that you know are are not necessarily requiring that from these properties they're probably the ones who took the most enjoyment from the last jedi it's crazy to me joe because you think about when star wars first was coming out it was so new it was so different right, right? like it was i mean yes it was nostalgic in in that you know george lucas was taking taking these tropes of serialized you know pulp storytelling and putting them shoving them into a new genre um but it was it was challenging people it was different i mean there was a lot of people that you know, there was a backlash to empire strikes right. back because I mean, was you know I mean? the
1: first times that you know it, it was very obvious there's going to be a third movie this is a trilogy this is a trilogy before trilogies were just what we do now trilogies like like right. you just assume if it's a big blockbuster movie there's going to be a trilogy um Right. This is what created that. (laughs) And and for for Empire Strikes Back to end on such a dark note and not on a happy ending and not concluded, that that's revolutionary. And I think that's why a lot of people like it, because it, it is different and it is um it is out of the norm. And so, you know, you kind of would hope that people would recognize that in in um The Last Jedi, but they just they're 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 not ready to, they're not ready for it.
0: Well, empire was revolutionary at the time, but I think for that reason, it pissed off a lot of people mm-hmm. at the time. And it's just funny to me. It, it's so strange to see those fans of that property, you know, decades later now complaining about how something is not the same, how it's, you know, you're being very kind of force awakens and saying it was totally correct. And it was familiar. I mean, for me, it was kind of forgettable.
1: Yeah, no, I would agree. And I was like,
0: okay, it, it hit familiar Star Wars kind of, you know, plot points or whatnot. You know, definitely retread a lot of, you know, material. And then I was just kind of like, okay, that happened. Um, it's kind of hard for me to wrap around the wrap my head around the idea that there's a huge segment of Star Wars fandom that just wants that kind of easily digestible, you know, Star Wars stories just told. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> like once a year, forever by Disney.
1: Now, can, can we, cause he ends with Luke. Can we talk about Luke or, or do you have other stuff you want to no, cover yeah, before we go to Luke? No, no, no. Let's do that. Let's do this.
0: Because right one ahead. of
1: the biggest things that people complain about is that Luke Skywalker is a completely different character in this movie. And that, you know, Luke wouldn't do that. That's not Luke, and and Mark Hamill didn't help the situation <laughs> by saying that right. he, he didn't disagree. He didn't agree with with the way, um, uh, Ryan Johnson was was handling the character, but they um, he brings up a really good point that Luke commits basically tries to commit suicide in Empire Strikes Back.
0: Oh god, I love that. I love that he underlines that.
1: Yeah, and I didn't like I didn't even like I think I always got it. I kind of got it as sacrificing uh like I didn't I didn't click because it was so I was so young when that was so part of it that that didn't click as what that was, but that is what it is. He gives up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he
0: chooses death over Giving into, you know, what he just learned is his father calling him to the dark side.
1: And and that kind of blew my mind because it's like, yeah, if you look at the character in that direction, yes, he's willing to do big, grandiose gestures to to make sure that the dark side doesn't win. So why wouldn't he make this, you know, mistake and try and kill um, his nephew? Like,
0: yeah, it, yeah, and Luke's kind of emo. He
1: really is. <laughs>
0: he is he's he's like the proto uh uh um uh ben solo Uh,
1: he's he's you know you're (laughs) like no no he's not like that yet go back to the first movie (laughs) and listen to him complain about not wanting to do his chores yeah and wine yes Yes. and and wine wine
0: to kenobi to ben kenobi and wine to yoda as well yoda gives up on him Yoda says, "No, you're not ready. Nope, you, you're a failure. This is not going to work."
1: And and so I think it's another example of that looking at things through rose-colored glasses. And 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 one of the things that he brought up is that um, he talked about how he he like this is a deep dive essay because he talked about midichlorians. Yes, and I love what he does. That, like his disappointment with that addition into the the universe was that it set up that there's a bloodline it set up sets up that that there is um a a legacy and it becomes about the skywalkers and how powerful the forces within their bloodline and right, it comes it becomes about yeah purity. yeah and we uh, so, and so. and it and it, it's just it doesn't like it doesn't track with the rest of the themes of the of the Series and so, um, when when Kylo Ren goes and says, you know, to Ray that she is nobody, like she she does not come from an amazing bloodline, she does not. It basically gives the force back to the people. Like it basically says anybody can be force wielders. You don't have to be a Skywalker. There's nothing like it is The dynasty is not there anymore.
0: My response when uh, this weekend over dinner. Uh, as everyone ignored us when Manuel said that whole, you know, that whole kind of detour through the casino planet was such a waste of time. I was like, no, they set up, are you, how can you call it a waste of time? Not only did a bunch of cool story stuff happen and character stuff, but they set up the whole final image of this movie that underlines the point that the force is now for anyone. Mm-hmm. And it's of those kids, it's of those little kids that are, you know, helping in the stables um, and and their plight and their existence. First of all, it, it lets us know that they're even there. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then, you know, it sets up that whole final image where we see it. It is that exclamation point to what you're saying, which is it's it's the force is not just for Jedis. It's for anyone. Anyone can access it. Um, and then it kind of plants the seed for like the continuation of like the rebellion or, or the resistance. As it's yeah. Told.
1: And, and the thing is, it's very interesting because I'm reading a book right now called the dynamics uh, dynamic story creation in plain English by um, Maxwell Alexander Drake. He is an author and a teacher and he does panels at Comic-Con where he, I loved the way he broke down creative writing and how to be a good writer. And it's a skill and word choice is important. And, and one of the things he's talking about as I'm reading through dynamic story creation is that you are, if you want to be a successful writer, you have to write for your audience and you have your main character is a shell that your reader is going to inhabit. And he constantly uses Um, A new hope as an example, because everybody's seen it. So it's easy to kind of use that as, you know, these are examples of whatever. And it dawned on me. It's like, this is why so many people are upset about Ray and Finn and Rose. It's because they're used to being able to inhabit a shell that is. Cis white male. And now the stories are being told from characters that are not as easily relatable to them. And that's where they feel like it's being taken away from them because they, they are not comfortable removing enough of their self image to, to make that leap into where I think you and I are kind of like, yeah, we don't mind like being excited and feeling empowered by Ray. Um, you know, kicking ass because she's a woman and we're not like I, you and I don't think have that that hang up, but some people very much. Yeah. Do. And, if
0: you, and if you look at it from the other perspective, there are minority communities that have never had someone look like them in these stories. And so we have gotten really, really good mm-hmm. <laughs> at identifying, you know, with characters that don't yeah. look like us we've had to develop that ability in order to like fully enjoy these stories, you know? And so it makes sense if you've never had to develop that ability, you're going to really
1: suck. Yeah, it. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And so I just thought that that was kind of interesting because I was reading that in you know, today for, for SSR, I'm reading it as the kids are reading what they're supposed to be reading. And, um, and I was just like, Oh my God, this is so applicable to what they were talking about in the essay is that, it really is about the audience being able to inhabit your, your main character and, and people just aren't willing to do that with this film.
0: I think, uh, and, and to that point, uh, you know, talking about what the audience wants, wants to inhabit or, or what the audience is yearning for. I think in his section about Luke, Drew hits on a really interesting point where he talks, he, he, he talks about how people who grew up with star Wars have been wanting to be Jedi for like 40 years now. (laughs) And, and they, they have this idealized, you know, kind of fantasy about the Jedi. And when you really pay attention to what Lucas and other writers have done, you know, to the this whole notion of the Jedi from the time of the first trilogy is they've really added a lot of complexity to that whole Jedi order over the time Mm -hmm. over the years. Right. Where at first, you know, the Jedi were like, you know, everything that's good and right in the universe. But, you know, not just the prequels, but even with some of the like extended universe stuff that is still considered canon, you know, like the the Clone Wars, the animated series and stuff that I know has has huge fan bases out there. Um, They're showing that the Jedi were just we're not always good. We're not always right. Even. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's something that people don't want to engage with. They don't want to think about that. So when they come back to Luke and, you know, he's wants to end, he feels that the Jedi order should end, which by the way, Yoda agrees with him in this movie. Um, you know, he's like, yeah, it's going to be something else now. It's time, you know, this, you know, our times come to an end and now it's going to be a new thing, which again, like, (laughs) Like, (laughs) it is, that's what I love about it so much is that they're like, you know, it's not hard to grasp. They're underlining these things. Um, you know, Drew makes a point about how, just like with most religions or many religions, the longer that they're around, you know, the more uh, institutionalized they get, uh, the less they really embody, you know, uh, the the whole spirit of, you
1: know, what they were about in was, the first I place. I was talking to, um Robbie Glow and Razorbug on the Geek Card, which I'll talk about during shoutouts. But one of the, we were talking about this, and he said that you know in Britain, um, Jedi is is a registered religion. Like <laughs> it's it's there. Of course, <laughs> of yeah, course it is. Yeah, it's there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now I think there are good ways to be self-referential, like we're just talking about, and then there are bad ways. There are ways that just. Shrink the universe, you know, I I it started to really get on my nerves the way Um a lot not just Star Wars a lot of the storytelling nowadays Has to find ways to connect things and characters over the years or whatnot that really don't need to be Connected because then it just makes the universe way smaller than right. what it can be right, um you know making well, a famous one is in, you know? one of the first Batman movies making Joker, the person who killed Bruce Wayne's parents. I get that it makes sometimes make sense for the plot and for the, the, the arc of the story, but it really does. When you keep doing that over and over again, and sequel after prequel after sequel, it really does shrink things down and, and kind of handcuffs future storytellers. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so I like that they kind of, they didn't really do a lot of that in this film where they have done it in the past. Um, One of the things that Manuel brought up that uh, Kevin Smith mentions in his review is that uh, that whole scene at the casino planet with those racing animals. He's like, Oh, I would have made those. um, What's, what's the tauntauns? Yeah. Is it a tauntaun? Yeah. He's like, I would have made those tauntauns because that, and I'm like, no, like there's more than one kind of, Running animal. <laughs>
1: like
0: this this is a universe. This is a universe that spans like the galaxy. You know? Like I get that it'd be like, oh, that's a thing that I've seen before that I remember. But beyond that, how does it service the story really to do things like that? And so I was happy that this movie kind of
1: did that Yeah, they, they expanded things out, they made things different, they they didn't reuse uh, just for the sake of reusing.
0: Yeah, and when they did, it was, like, super pointed and, like, you know, served the story, like, dramatically. Like, when, when R2-D2 um, brings up that original clip of Princess Leia, you know, saying, you're, mm-hmm. you're my only hope. Oh, man. Like, that's the right way to well, and
1: do it. Then, and then he brings <laughs> yeah. up the book ending, which I didn't even – like, blew my mind, Ray. Okay, Wait, so you're talking me. What, about what, um, how the the original Luke's original story is is prompted by this projection of Leia, and then in right. um, the Last Jedi,
0: when he's on the farm, when he's on the farm, and you know he's cleaning his droid, and then you know he accidentally triggers this thing. That's what the kind of yeah, exactly. Starts everything, and right? so
1: his last yeah, act. Yeah is him basically projecting himself into like when he booked it, bookended it that way. I like my mind was blown. Yeah. I was like, you're right. There is an artistic yeah. bookend. There's a thematic bookend there that is really like, you just don't even think about it, but it's, it's definitely there. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Ryan Johnson did so much with this script, with this story. There's so much going. I watched, rewatched this movie recently. I think it was like, Two weeks ago, and I'm thinking, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm folding clothes or I'm doing this thing. I'll put that on, and it'll just. You know, I've seen it already, so I know what happens. Oh my god, man, it's so <laughs> the dense. Clothes, it's go story un- the clothes go unfolded. Clothes go unfolded. Totally, totally. I'm gonna be ironing all week because that shit's going back in a pile in the hamper. Yeah, it, there's a lot of stuff going on, and just little things like that that you know really fit in with like the huge again stepping back and looking at the big the long view and looking at the overall story being told lucas liked to talk about like you know things being you know uh what is it uh they rhyme right, right. rhyming oh they rhyme see but it seemed like at a certain point in the prequels he was just kind of echoing shit just to echo it like just uh, i don't know what to do here well i did that before so i'll do it again it rhymes um you know, but again, there's a good way and a bad way to do that. And I really feel like all of these notes that Ryan Johnson hit in The Last Jedi felt like rang true for me and like really felt um, like they fit.
1: Yeah. Well, is there any other big notes that uh, in the essay or in um, the movie in general that you kind of wanted to make sure we hit?
0: Oh, man, you we, you and I could... Go on talking about this forever i'm sure i I get so i get so hyped when people take such a critical approach to these films and i guess you know that's what we try to do right when we talk about um these geek properties that we're into we're not just you know thumbs up or thumbs down kind of you know review i really want to take like a, a deeper more critical approach for for better or worse like i i guess i feel like some people when they engage with something like star wars there's a, there's a bit of fear in there that it's going to let them yeah. down. Right. Like there's like, it's not going to hold up to the thing that they've built up in their head. And when people try to criticize the thing, they okay. can't handle it. Right. Because they need it to hold up to that. Um, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know how one goes about, you know, doing the things this way, but I feel like I, I can hold a flawed view of something and still really appreciate
1: it. Well, I think there's a, I think there, I think we, we all enjoy things on multiple levels. I think it's very easy for us to, well, not for everybody, but I, I find I can turn off my brain and just enjoy something and then go back and analyze Mm -hmm. it afterwards. And not everybody can do that. A lot of people, my my husband gets pulled out by things very easily. Like if something doesn't make sense, if does something doesn't track, like he, he will get pulled out of it and stop enjoying it. Um, I, I can, I can allow that suspension of disbelief to exist a little bit more. Um, but not everybody's yeah. able to do that. But I think a lot of people can kind of just say, all right, I enjoy it because I enjoyed it as a fan, but as a geek, I want to I want to devour <laughs> it and I want to rip it apart, and put it back together and and project what the future is going to be and how it impacts what's happened before it and like that's part of I think the yes. dynamic is it's not just enjoying something it's it's devouring it and and examining it and and looking at it from every possible angle because you just love it so much.
0: Yeah, that's totally absolutely. And I mean, you know, w- when we decided we wanted to talk about this piece, uh, on this podcast, we never intended to go pour over every single section. There's really too much here to cover in one podcast, but hopefully, uh, you know, people listening are are interested enough to, to, seek out, um, this, this really awesome long essay. Uh, and he has a whole section on Ray on, um, the first order on, uh, Finn and uh, um,
1: uh, Finn and sorry. Rose if you're tired of hearing Finn people badmouth Finn and Rose like read the Finn and Rose section and it gives you ammun- ammunition to be like no you're wrong
0: <laughs> absolutely yeah so this is great i mean he goes over so many like every section of the film um so yeah check it out definitely uh, like we, like I said, we we barely scratched the surface. Like we talked, I mean, because you know, of course, Luke. Like that's this whole film. and Literally, it's called the Last Jedi. Uh, that was for sure. I wanted to make sure that we talked about that. But yeah, no, uh, um, it's it's an awesome piece. Uh, also, you know what? This made me go back, and I I was really curious to see. Um, what what was the timeline of events between, um return of the Jedi and the force awakens, because one of the things that kind of threw me when at the beginning of force awakens was the scroll, right? The famous scroll of beginning of, of each star Wars film
1: mm-hmm.
0: talked about the first order, having some semblance of power and the resistance being And I was like, wait, what's like wasn't this covered in Return of the Jedi? Yeah. Didn't they lose? (laughs) Yeah. What's going on? And so this article or this, this essay actually made me want to go back and just do some research. And I found this really cool article that I'll, I'll I'll hopefully provide a link to um, that kind of goes over the events of like what happened and like all of the plans that Palpatine had in place for in case he was killed and how those, different directives were put into motion upon his death. When, you know, Anakin, you know, comes back and is redeemed and, and, you know, uh, saves his son. Um, and how those things kind of ultimately led to the, the, the space in which the first order was able to continue. It Kind of reminded me of like how, you know, Sean, who, you know, you work with, uh, mm-hmm,
1: and we're
0: both friends of always, you know he loved to point out how like the seeds of one war were always planted in the end of the last war, right? Right. Like, Oh, like, like it's always like, yeah, we thought that that was the right solution, but then you can see how, you know, Nope. Here we go again with another world war, because you know, certain things were locked into place that were inevitably going to become a problem. Um, and so that actually, there is a timeline of events that, that connects these, those two films, that makes a lot of sense and was like super enjoyable for me to read. So we'll link to that too.
1: Yeah, that'd be cool. Cause now I want to read that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's so good, Joe. Like I'm telling you, Palpatine was evil as fuck. Like he had, he he had, you know, he was a schemer. And so I I love how they take that. They they take that character trait and they really do play it for all it's worth. We talk about how like, you know, a general goes off into space and like they buy their time over time and they come back. And Leia is part of this like republic that is, you know, kind of like it, it echo for me, like kind of mainstream liberalism that, you know, kind of has the right intentions, but doesn't really want to make difficult decisions. And you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and, and, but they're not really uh, always addressing the the right Urgent problem in the way that they should Because they don't want to cause too many Waves and Leia was like Fuck this like if you guys aren't going to Do something I and Leia really comes out like She's a badass and it's you're reminded of That in this whole timeline where she's Like you know what if if you guys aren't Going to address the problem then I'm going to break Off I'm going to form a third party Uh, Cough cough Um, (laughs) And you know I'm going to call it the resistance And I'm going to try to Tackle this problem because You all are not You're, you're, you're not addressing it. So that's kind of where the resistance comes from. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's, it's super cool. I'll, I'll, I'll share it.
1: Well, and then, then you've got a, one thing that I really do love about the Leia character in the new movies. And, um, I, it would be very interesting to see what they do for the last one for, for obvious reasons. Um, I, I love the fact that they don't make her a Jedi. Like I know she, she, she has a, um, Um, in the expanded universe, in the, the, um, whatever the legacy, whatever they're calling the ones that don't count anymore. Like she had, she had a lightsaber and you know, she, she was basically a Jedi too. And no, her power is from being a diplomat, being a politician, being somebody who leads through law and through, through all that fun stuff.
0: And that is carried out through the end in last Jedi. Totally. Like, it's very true to her character. Yeah, you know, Kevin Smith was, I one point finish his was like, I don't understand why people are upset about Leia, like, using the Force to save herself in this movie. He's like, if you remember, go back to the original trilogy, you know, at one point, they're like, oh, if we lose Luke, then all hope is lost. And, uh, you know, because he's the only one that's powerful enough with the Force to, you know, challenge Vader. And what does Yoda say? No, there's another. Oh, and then he was talking about Leia. Like Leia obviously, would have even from that back then. It's it's you know, um, it's hinted at that that she has the, uh, the access to these Force powers as well.
1: Yeah. So well, we'll we will uh, we will wrap up there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, any any shout outs this week?
0: Yeah, of course. I want to give a shout out to Manuel um, Manuel Reyes. Uh, Really cool seeing you again and uh, getting to geek out. Hopefully we don't have to wait so long before we do it again.
1: Awesome. Um, I am going to do some uh, self-promotion and say that I was on the geek card this week. And so I think it's coming out on Friday the 17th. Um, So I got to talk to Robbie Glow and Razorbug about all sorts of geek stuff. Um, (laughs) I brought our – our rightful indignation, <laughs> righteous indignation, into their into their podcast. <laughs> came in, yes. You know what? <laughs> came in and preached all the things, <laughs> and then apologized <laughs> it for it quickly later and said, "I hope I didn't, I didn't co op your 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 show." But uh, yeah, definitely, you want to hear some a little bit more about this conversation we talked about. Wow, um, we talked about the whole thing with um, with Starfire. Um, and, and that whole internet debacle. So we, we talked about a lot of interesting stuff. Plus there's there's a plane that looks like a beluga whale. So go check out the geek <laughs> card. And then I also want to send a shout out to my guild on World of Warcraft. So if you are uh, looking for a guild to play now that we're in the new expansion, uh, go to Dalaran and look up Pensive. It is a dual faction guild, which means there is a pensive on horde and then pensive with a little accent over the first e um in uh on the alliance side so really good group of people really it's it's not a huge um guild but it's not a tiny one either it's just kind of like the perfect size so a shout out to my friends over at pensive Um, All the music in this episode is by Ben sound is being used under a creative commons license. You can find more music by Ben sound at BenSound.com. Geek to is a proud member of the geek to geek network. Check out our other geek to geek shows such as the geek to geek podcast, uh, the geek fitness podcast, which is back with beach and tea time with Katie and Chelsea. And also we are currently talking about what we're going to call kind of our weekly geekery podcast because it's not going to be weekly. So, um, there's all sorts of fun names. There might be a poll going up at some point, but if you have suggestions on what we should name our new network podcast, uh, uh, jump onto Twitter and, and give us some suggestions. Uh, you can join our Reddit community at r forward slash geek to geek cast. You can currently find us at geek 22com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google play and most other podcasters out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at Joe Hogan at Geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Ray, if you're still there, where can we find you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, you can find me at Ray Vargas three. Uh, my website is rayvargas3.com. I'm on social media at backslash Ray Vargas the number three. Um, and of course, I've been shouting out to Manuel Reyes this whole time. Uh, he's on Instagram. His name is Manuel Mendez. I'm gonna pay a lot for that one. <laughs> 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 but uh but check out his ig manual underscore mendez seven uh on instagram because he's a former he's a, he's a film school grad uh he's a movie geek and a music geek and so uh check him out he's he's a great photographer he's got a cool feet
1: awesome awesome all right well that's <laughs> it for this week and uh, assuming assuming there's not too too much blowback from that we will talk to you oh again man <laughs> <laughs> don't forget to keep it cute guys keep it <laughs> The Red Legion took away our home. Dominus Gaul has stolen our light. But from the ashes, a fire team of guardians rise to. Guardian down. Wait, wait, wait. Who was that? <sighs> Titan, no jump good. This is Happy Hour from the Tower. I'm T. I'm Nick. I'm Brandon. And we're going to talk about all things destiny. Why we play. Why we love punching aliens in the face. And why T's aim needs a little bit of work. Have you got that? Say you've got it. See something. A podcast for players of all levels. Find Happy Hour from the Tower on iTunes, Stitcher, or at happyhourfromthetower.com. Eyes up, Guardian. Time to give up the ghost. It's Happy Hour from the Tower. First round's on us. So how would you describe a podcast like The Shared Desk? It's a podcast that took its sweet time to do a promo. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I think that goes without saying. I mean, you could say The Shared Desk is a podcast about collaboration, because that's what we do. Wait, 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 There's a lot more to The Shared Desk. You got our Loot Crate looky-loo. Oh, what's in the box? And then what we're doing when we're not writing. Usually it's pretty nerdy. Nerd! And then there are the drop-ins. Has the whole world gone crazy! visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469-TG Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers.